Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carolitis, your host. Thank you for joining us once again this week. Right? Every week, we gather together to inspire, encourage, and educate moms in our journey through motherhood. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you, you mamas, you are gifted with the most incredible blessing of raising the next generation. Well, right on the top of the show, I want to let you know about today's exciting discussion. Today's mom is actually a new member to our executive team here at Moms Moms for America. So we are thrilled to introduce you to her. Um, She is going to be joining our organization. She just came on this week. So she's going to talk a little bit about her role and some of her hopes and dreams for Moms for America and how she can help us. But you may have seen a speech from this Florida mom on the dangers of CRT. She spoke before the Florida Board of Education, and that speech went viral with national notoriety. In fact, Governor DeSantis retweeted her amazing speech, and honestly, since then, her life has not been the same. Uh, You will hear about her journey from liberal to conservative and what caused her to start asking questions and digging deeper and investigating into her preconceived ideals that she lived by. So hang tight. She's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes. But before we get started, let me take care of a little bit of business. For those of you that are joining us for the very first time on our podcast, I want to invite you to visit our website, momsforamerica.us. Please check out all our amazing resources, events, and programs. So when you stop by, you can also sign up for our Mom Memo, which is our newsletter. This is really how we stay connected. This is our Uh, We'll encourage you and and provide resources and different things that you can participate in and really just help you in your journey, whatever it may be, wherever you are. Um, Also become a podcast subscriber. We're on all the formats now. We're on YouTube, Rumble, Charisma Podcast Network, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Um, And then we uh, release it always on our website as well every week, again, at momsforamerica.us. We'd appreciate if you like and share our podcasts. Uh, We have a whole library there already Um, and share this with your mama friends and uh, hopefully some of these topics will help them in their journey because we believe really that it's you moms that are going to save our country 100%. Okay, so on to today's exciting episode. As I mentioned in the opener, today's guest decided to speak up. She challenged the narrative and and she challenged the narrative and she's going to share her concerns and how they were specifically relating to her and an agenda that she felt was very dangerous to our children called critical race theory. It's Keisha King. So if that name rings a bell, she is here with us today. She is an outspoken mom that was not afraid to question her own preconceived notions and looked for truths. And that ended up really transforming her life. Uh, She's here to share her story and encourage all of us in our journey for truth. Would you say that's a good introduction to you, Ms. Keisha King? Hello. I would say that's a fantastic introduction. Very <laughs> on point. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Keisha, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm just thrilled to be chatting with you. I'm so thrilled that you're on our Moms for America team. We'll save some of this for later in the interview because we like the moms to get to know you a little bit. 
tell us about your family and um, what your who who your children are and their ages. Sure. So I have two daughters, fifteen and thirteen. Uh, my youngest daughter is actually a special needs child. Um, I actually got my first sort of introduction into how crazy the public school system was with her because uh, everything that was going on with her and her school and had to pull her out about five years ago. And my oldest daughter, uh, she's 15 and she is doing a homeschool co-op. So I pulled her out about two months ago. I just could not take it anymore. Um, but it was the best decision ever. Um, and I'm super excited that they're both in, one is in, my youngest is in private and my oldest is in the homeschool co-op and they're doing fantastic. So yeah, so I'm a mom, a single mom, hopefully not for too much longer, but for now, <laughs> a single mom. And uh, we're just, you know, doing what we can do to make our country better. And I'm trying to instill the values that were, you know, instilled in me, to my That's children. Good. It's good. We'll say hello to the girls for us. Well, beautiful. All right. So you've been on a journey since 2016, right? You started asking questions and investigating particular issues like crime statistics in the Black community, the BLM narrative, um, policies that were affecting Black Americans. What sparked you to start investigating this and why? Why did, why did you all of a sudden say, hey, something's, I, I kind of want to know a little bit more of what I'm adopting as truth, right? And, and you started this journey. Yeah, so I, I really, at this point, I think it's, it was a God thing. I think ultimately that's what it was. So I was having a conversation with my little sister and you know, it, this was, um, I'm sure you guys remember, it was like the riots, the Ferguson riots, hands up, don't shoot. You know, it was a lot of the same things that were going on in 2020, but just not as bad. Mm -hmm. And so my little sister and I, we were talking about BLM and she said, she said, um, you know, I like them, but I wish they would show up when there's, you know, crime in black neighborhoods too. And I, at this point, you know, I just believed everything on CNN. I believed everything, you know, that the media was saying about police shootings. And I thought like, Black unarmed men were just being killed at just these astronomical rates. And I, I just really, you know, took it all in and believing that it was this horrific, you know, thing that was going on in our country. And okay. so I think it was a God thing. I just, um, I was just prompted and I was like, you know, I'm going to go look up the statistics and see what's worse. The what's crime. really happening, right? Yeah, what's mm -hmm. really happening. And you were <laughs> probably expecting it to be even worse than you thought. Yeah, like I... I went, Deb, I went in there thinking, I'm going to prove her wrong. Like this, this was my thinking. I was <laughs> like, because surely, you know, there's people are rioting. They're burning stuff down. Of course, you know, unarmed police, uh, unarmed men are being shot, you know, at these crazy numbers by the police because look at the response. And I was going in there, I'm on the Googler and I'm like, I'm going to prove her wrong. And then I was <laughs> like, uh-oh. Um, wait a minute, something's not right here. So I kept mm -hmm. digging and I couldn't find any, <laughs> I, I, I saw the numbers of, of black on black crime. And then I saw the numbers of uh, police, police shooting unarmed black men. And I was like, wait a minute, something is clearly not right because there is a problem in, in our communities of black on black crime. Like it was in the thousands. And there right. were at this, when I was looking at the statistic, it was like less than 10 of unarmed black men that had been shot. 
And I will say unarmed does not mean not dangerous. And also, of course, every, every life, every life, every life matters, you know, just because um, it's, it's by the, done by the police, you know, every person does a, deserves justice. So I just want right. to say that, of course, we want justice, but the response did not match the true problem. And so that's what sparked my initial um, curiosity of digging a little bit deeper. And then in, in my digging, I kind of started to question other narratives that I had heard about, you know, household incomes and education gaps and things like that. And I found Dr. Thomas Sowell. I -hmm. found Dr. Walter Williams and I found Dr. Milton Friedman. And I was like, wow. Why have I not heard about these people? Thomas Sowell is literally an American genius. And, you know, I think I'm an educated woman, but I had never heard of these people. And I'm like, where have I been? How come I don't know? And Mm -hmm. I felt a little, I felt kind of betrayed, you know, by my media, by my country. Like, how come I don't know these things? Right. How come you've been told something completely opposite? Yes. With strong, with such strong messaging and such strong authority. So you kind of now, this is a quote that that I I pulled from your website. This is uh, something you mentioned. You said, I only knew and believed that Blacks voted Democrat and Republicans were for the rich and were racist. So this is really where you were coming from. Mm-hmm. And this is the journey. This is the springboard from, from, from where you came. Mm-hmm. So you kind of then realized that you were, I always hate to say Republican because not all Republicans, I mean, every, every, every party has a lot of issues, right? But you really realized you were a conservative and that you were in the wrong political party as far as ideology. Correct. Absolutely. And so- so now where do you go with this? So you start, I mean, I, I, I guess you just start running forward with a whole new set of tools that are completely different than, than what you believed. Um, and, and, and how did that journey, how did that journey kind of move? And, and what, did, what did your family, what did your, your fellow black American friends and girlfriends and mamas, I mean, this probably was like, something now that you're championing within your own circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think, you know, I'm like, I have come into this new information and <laughs> I'm going to share the wealth and my family's just going to respond with this, you know, welcoming and accepting right. and just like, oh my God, Keisha, thank you so much. So I call everybody up and I'm like, oh my God, we've been voting for the wrong people. We've got to stop. These people are not, you know, the Democrats are not for us. You know, they are the party of the KKK. They're the party of slavery. They're the, you know, they're, they're telling us that, you know, we can't do anything. And they're putting these policies out that don't benefit us. And they don't even, you know, the more important thing, they don't line up with our faith. And so I call my family and my mother said, oh my God, she's drunk the (laughs) Kool-Aid. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, I've been researching. I'm digging. I, I have the statistics. I can tell you, I can show right. you. Right. And it just was not well received. And I was like, it really let me know, you know, the stronghold that the Democrats right. have gained over the Black community um, because it's something that these policies are in, many of them are in direct conflict with our faith. And our faith guides everything. So, you know, when you're saying, hey, look, these are in direct conflict with our faith and you're met with a pushback, it it was very confusing. But 
I wasn't going to let that stop me. You know, I, I still had, (laughs) but we can tell that nothing's going to stop you once you know the (laughs) truth, girl, we can tell that by your sweet little fun personality. So (laughs) as you're talking about this, it kind of reminds me of something that you mentioned to me when we talked on the phone the other day, and this is probably um, something that all of us do in different ways. Um, and, and it's very freeing when we get over it. You told me in a conversation that your skin color became an idol. Uh, and really yeah. that is a, a lot of issues that is white, black, that, that is, it doesn't matter where you come from, but our skin color can get in the way if we feel like that is our identity, it is a part of who God created us to. And by the way, I always like to say this, right? We had no, we have no input in the color that we are, the country that we're born, whether we're male or female, we don't have any input in that. So we can't make it an idol because we had nothing to do with it. It is only Christ that created us just the way we should be. But, but I think we do get caught in these lanes and they become detrimental. So tell us about that. Your skin color became an idol and how that was revealed to you. So after I had uh, learned about Dr. Thomas Sowell and Walt Williams and Milton Friedman, I'm dealing with all of these, you know, these, this newfound information. And I was sitting on my couch one day and just thinking about everything that I had learned and how I had never knew all of this stuff and just thinking all about it. And the Lord uh, put in my heart, he said, your skin color has become an idol in my, in your life. And it was so true. You know how, when God dropped something on you and it, it it was like a truth bomb just like exploded (laughs) and it was so true. And I, I was looking back over everything and he just kept going. And then he showed me, he was like, on Sunday, you say that I am Lord and I can move mountains and you're more than a conqueror and all these things. But Monday through Saturday, you're oppressed. He says, I think I'm greater than racism. Oh my God. Uh, I was like, he was showing me the conflict that I had in my mind. And, you know, the Bible says, um, an, uh, an unstable man, uh, an unstable man. Um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the scripture. But a, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And it, God was just showing me how I was being double-minded and it was creating instability. And mm-hmm. not only that, but when I was telling my children these things and when I was looking at my life through this very racial lens and not looking at my life through Christ, God was telling, showing me that I was speaking curses over my children. And yeah. he, because I was so off, I was right. so off into something that, 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 that is not what God had intended for, um, for his people to do. And it was so freeing. I felt like 10,000 pounds were lifted off of me. I felt like I could, because conquer. with that is so much anger, right. And yes. so much despair. And you just feel like, you know, you've been dealt the wrong hand and you're mm-hmm. never going to make it. Yes. And we know that that is a lie from the pit of hell. So your faith, you even talk about this a, a, a lot in, a, in, in, your, in your own journey around the country, speaking that all of us really need to look at our faith. And if it is a guiding principle, then there should be a renewal every day yeah. as we deal with all of these issues, because it's not just racism. It's, it, there's every day we deal with this selfishness, you know, yeah. pride. I mean, this all is kind of just all lumped in just to the whole bad basket. 
Right. Yeah. It's not just a race thing. It can be a lot of times now it's gender identity. And right. a lot of times now it's, we're lifting up, you know, a certain lifestyles that are just right. not, God has not, I don't care what it is. You know, it, it is not, if Christ is not the center and your guiding principle, mm. you are going to miss it. You're going to miss the mark and you're going to miss, miss what God is, is trying to do in your life because your focus isn't on him. And so it can, it doesn't just have to be race. What we right, are made right. to worship and you will worship whatever that thing is, right? You know, whatever that thing you're putting before God, you will worship it. And right. so I would, and usually it gets bigger and bolder mm -hmm. and, um, it really, it does really good. take over us. And then it just spins out of control. Yeah. So here you are, you say, yes, Lord, to a renewing. Um, obviously this has changed every aspect of your life. This, like, it's like, we're just talking about just affirming this isn't really race. This right. is really us making things bigger than they should and idols. So you let God direct you into really this whole new world, a beautiful healing. It sounds like, and a, a beautiful, um, opportunity yeah. to encourage and inspire others. So you kind of got yourself together when all, when, when critical race is being exposed during the whole COVID uh, craziness, you wrote yourself a really nice little speech, got yourself together. You went to the, what, the Florida um, Board of Education yeah. and you spoke on critical race theory mm -hmm. and how it was categorizing children into oppressed and oppressor. Really very insulting to me that we think our children are not able, either they're just horrible oppressors or they're the oppressed. I just can't believe we would teach this to children. This is right. terrible. And really moms, we all got to wake up about the critical race theory because it is hitting all of our schools. It is complete indoctrination. It is happening on every level. We talk about this so often, but I, I kind of want to just have you talk about this speech and what your hardcore core message was to that school board and to America, because this baby went viral and everybody was like, mm-hmm. Yep. I'm agreeing with her. Yeah. Um, so we had had a lot of a lot of uncovering of this evidence in Florida of critical race theory being taught. Uh, we had right here in Duval County, a segregated assembly that was being planned where the black children were to meet at 930 and the white children were to meet at 10. So, I mean, this was really bubbling up. And then we had this statues. Yes, girl, it was a mess. <laughs> and so I had heard about critical race theory already had been studying it because I knew that it had came in, come into the church. It was um, uh, an adopted amendment at the, at the Southern Baptist uh, conference, which was crazy. And so I had been, I was kind of fascinated by it. I'm like, what is this crazy critical race theory thing here? And so I knew a lot about it. Um, and so when I saw it in the schools, it triggered me to push back because I know the harm that it could cause a child to think that they are permanently oppressed or permanently an oppressor. I mean, can you imagine a 10 year old thinking, right. oh my God, I'm responsible for something that happened 250 years ago or right. a child thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna be oppressed because of right. something that happened 250 years ago, whatever the case may be. Right. And so, you know, I just felt like people needed to hear that America has always been progressing towards that more perfect union. You know, I kind of mm. think of it like this. If you think that, that um, a church is perfect, then you shouldn't attend because you're going to be the one that, to make it imperfect. And I kind of look at America like that. 
it feels like people are looking for America to be perfect because we have this. this or have a perfect history. Right. right? Yes. Because we have this great document called the Constitution, because we right. have these great ideas. But that doesn't mean that we were going to be perfect. And right. I just wanted to remind people, we've been progressing towards that since the beginning. Honestly, if you really right. dig deep into America's history, we were the last to get into slavery and one of the very first to get out. You know, So we have always been moving towards a better nation. And right. I find it you know, it, it, it's so, um, I hate to hear Americans who don't understand our history and how important America is to the world and what we contributed uh, to this America, to, 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 the, to the world and, and given people a, 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 a way to look for hope. And mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to communicate that, um, but critical race theory is opposed to all of that. Right. And so I just felt like it needed to be said. Well, you did a heck of a job on that speech. In fact, obviously, people resonated all across the country. What are some of the terms that that moms would be looking for? Like I hear racial sensitivity. That's a new one that I've, I'm, I'm hearing. What are some of the terms that the moms right now need to be aware? Um, um, equity, diversity, all these things are all kind of packaged. What are some things that they need to look for? Yeah, so equity is a big one. Um, culturally responsive teaching, same acronym <laughs> as critical race theory, but they, you know, they say, oh, it's just culturally responsive teaching. Okay. SEL, um, that's social emotional learning. Um, let's mm -hmm. see, what are some other ones? Those are probably those are probably the main ones. And then you want to also look at the sex ed that's happening because we've been discovering that there's pornography in schools too. So a lot of the right. gender identity stuff that's going on, um, you want to be aware when you see uh, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes. Those are, that was the program that- That's the same program that had just started here in, in uh, Illinois too, because it's yeah. it sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we want to be diverse? Why wouldn't we right. want equality? Mm -hmm. um, but it just drives us to these, uh, to such a, an, uh, an end of a, of a matter that just brings us all to, to, to happen to different camps. Right. <laughs> there's nothing unifying about it. That's right. <laughs> it really just brings us into that. different camps. And it's like, okay, you're over there. You're over there. Now, somehow this is supposed to bring us together. No. There's a reason <laughs> for that, Deb. Because critical race theory is directly tied to Marxism. Correct. So Marxism, for the moms out there who don't know, he wanted, Karl Marx wanted to separate people into- Segregation. Like you just said, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. And right. so in America, we don't have permanent classes. You know, you can die rich. You can be born rich and die poor or be born poor and die rich in America. You know, there's That's opportunity right. here. And so what- what these Marxists who have infiltrated all of our uh, major institutions have done is to use race as right. the divider and say, right. oh, well, if you're this, then you're permanently an oppressor. If you're that, right. you're permanently uh, oppressed. And so that has been the thing to, right. uh, to really divide. So this thing is really, really this serious. This is Critical big. Race theory is very serious because it is Marxism and it that is. leads to communism. So yes. we have to be really vigilant and paying attention. This is not some, you know, just some social thing that, you know, 
that is a trend, they are serious and they want to tear down this country. Right. And we've had different folks talking about this. And actually, one of the most insightful one was critical theory. Mm-hmm. I had a guest on that talked about this because critical theory goes into every area. It goes into race, oppressor, mm-hmm. oppressor. It goes into gender. You're gay, you're straight, right? You're the oppressor, oppressor. It goes into um, vaxxed. It goes into masking. It yes. goes, so, so we just are splitting everyone. You're either the oppressor, the oppressor. You're either the good guy or the bad guy, you know? And not literally good or bad, obviously, but um, just that splitting, critical theory splits and divides. Yes. So now let's talk about this mass exodus. This has really been a, pa- oh, excuse me, a passion of yours. Um, and some moms can do this. Some parents can do this. Yeah. Um, maybe they're in a journey to it, but for you and what you saw with your girls, tell us that story and why you think it's really time to leave the public schools. Um, because you feel like the officials now are just leaving us with no options. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> back in October, I'm sure your, uh, your guests will remember moms all across parents, all across the nation were called domestic terrorists. Right. And I was just like, oh, no, they did not. <laughs> and <laughs> that was sort of like my brain. Oh, no, you did not. I love oh, it. No, you did not. Because it's <laughs> how, how insulting. All we are trying to do is get a better education for our kids. And you turn around and call us a domestic terrorist, a right. terrorist. And the FBI oh is now going to possibly be investigating you. Yes, yes. And, you know, to find out that, uh, you know, the NSBA and the <laughs> Department of Justice and all these people were colluding against American parents, I was just so infuriated. And right. someone had asked, I was at the Pray Vote Stand Summit in uh, Virginia, and someone asked, you know, like, kind of, what do we do? And I said, at this point, you know, being called a domestic terrorist, when the, when the government has come against you, let's just leave the system. We just need a mass exodus. Because not only do you get your kids in a better learning environment, you also pull the money from the system because the money follows the kid. It's a twofer. (laughs) And so then we can have some leverage into start, you know, changing some of these uh, systems. And so, you know, I refuse to leave my kids um, in a system that was not benefiting them and that was trying to make them into something that they were not and trying to instill values that I do not teach my children. And so it is a sacrifice. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a sacrifice. I'm a single parent. Um, It's hard to do. You know, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Right. We took a, I mentioned this many times, we took our youngest out of uh, public school and put him in a Mm. faith-based high school because um, it just, you could see where it was going and you could see what so easily with COVID now, how they can just pull everything, change the messaging, come with, come in with a, a, a new theory and just like, oh, sorry, parents, you just really aren't going to be notified. So uh, we've had our own issues here, but, uh, I, and I guess too, you know, we talk a lot about this on, on our, our website too, um, momsamerica.us. So make sure you stop by there because we have a lot of resources there for moms that want to start homeschooling, want to start like a hub school, Um, look at private. I mean, we're going to have to, I think schooling, the educational system is going to look different because there's going to have to be a parallel. There's going to have to be options. Um, What about the moms that kind of can't do it right now? What would you say to those that they really have to be talking a lot? And we talk with our guys a lot about the culture and about their faith 
and about who they are and not buying into the progressive ideas at their school Yeah, or the influencers. While my daughter uh, was, uh, my oldest daughter was still in public. I talked to them a lot and just really quick, I have to tell this funny story. So um, my, while my daughter was still in uh, public school, her teacher had was talking about communism and a, and a kid raised his hand, Mrs. So-and-so, what's communism? And she said, oh, it's just sharing land. So my daughter, because I have these conversations with her. Of course. Talk, she pulls him to the side and she goes, it's more than that. They're going to kill you. <laughs> communism is so bad. They're killing millions and millions of people. It's true. It is true. But that's what I would say to parents who can't make that leap right now. Right. Talk to your children. And I will say the cottage meetings, fantastic way to yes. gain insight and really get some good ideas on how to raise patriots and how to raise uh, young people who are who understand what America's about, who understand what these other ideas are about, like communism and Marxism and socialism and things like that. And so if you can't make that leap to pull your kid out of school, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, your, your, your state doesn't have, you know, like things like school choice, then you can use your voice as a parent to be the yeah. loud one in their ear when they hear these crazy things in school that mm-hmm. they can say, they can pull their friends to the side and say, no, it's not that. And mm-hmm. so I would encourage parents to be the loud voice That's in right. their children's mind. That's right. Well, let's talk. You mentioned the cottage meetings. Uh, We talk about this every week on the podcast. It is our signature program. You in your new position with Moms for America as the executive director of education and membership, you are going to be developing and providing and just really making sure that moms all across our country have the tools to teach their children and to just be a, a firecracker all across the country for yeah. truth, family, freedom, and the constitution. So your position um, and, and the cottage meetings and the education that we provide, you wanna just talk a little bit about that. I know you were on your cottage meeting the other day and you just felt super, super inspired um, right. and really just ready to go. Uh, it, it, every week, these, these cottage meetings are virtual right now. And we're gonna have a little bit of a, a rollout of video that we've done in a new book that we're packaging but just how you felt with the cottage meetings and how important it is that we train up the moms, right? Healthy mom, healthy home. Yeah. So I was blown away and it was like, this is another God thing. I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. I was so inspired by all the moms who were there hearing their ideas, uh, just, just seeing and really getting and a great understanding that this is how we change the nation. Because even if you are able to pull your kid out, you still need to be present in their life. You right. still need to be, because there's still gonna be influence. I mean, we have cell phones, we got TV, you know, it's, it's crazy. So we still need to be the guiding force in, in, our, in our kids' lives. And cottage meetings, you know, it, it's, that, it's that network of other moms who have gone through what you're going through or who, uh, who can provide you know, great ideas for you to deal with a situation uh, that you're dealing with uh, with your right. own child or marriage or family or you know, whatever it is. I was so, I just fell in love with the God of Genius. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And this is the thing 
that will really change culture. Because when you're weaving in those values day by day and really bringing it back to the family, bringing it back to a focus on the family, because I think, you know, as we look around, we can see America has lost that focus on the family. And I just truly believe that cottage meetings will be the thing that changes culture and really moves society into something that looks like what we want America to really be. So I'm super excited to be a part of this. I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. (laughs) I I am like, I love it. I, I love it. I'm so grateful that you guys even have something like this because I truly, truly believe that this is where it's at. Right. This is where it's at. It is the mamas. So again, Keisha King is on the team, executive director, and she is going to be helping moms all across the country uh, start mom links group, join the cottage meeting, help with educational resources, help. uh, We don't have per se membership. We have moms all all across the country that say yes and kind of join the movement. So Keisha is going to be doing that all across the country. You're going to see her speaking for Moms for America and just connecting with moms in all kinds of ways. Again, the Cottage Meeting is a 12-part series where moms learn about America's history and heritage, the principles of liberty, and it helps you build a foundation of freedom uh, in your family and in your community. It's kind of like your little tribe of girls in your neighborhood, or you can do it virtual while as well, but you have them in your home, you set them all up, and then you all get to, together and you just get this kind of little powerhouse together and you can go ahead and change each home, change your schools, change the culture, change the community. Just It's just absolutely amazing. It truly is. I love it. I am so excited. I can't even, I don't even have words to tell you how excited I am. I'm like, this is exactly what every single mom in America needs. (laughs) This is what they need. All right. Well, Keisha, you are super, super. Any words of advice for our moms listening today? Just be ready because I'm going to be following up with you. I'm going to be talking with you. I am so excited. I hope I don't come off as too annoying, but I am really excited about the cottage meetings. Uh, so just for, I, I'm asking for forgiveness up front if, I, if I'm, you know, a little bit over, overbearing and, you know, too excited. So forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your energy is electric and uh, we love it. So you're going to be just a great, a great addition. So look for Keisha, look for information again, please stop by momsforamerica.us. Thanks Keisha for joining us today. Thank you moms for stopping by for the Moms for America podcast. We love you. We are here for you. And um, we're just thrilled that you are a part of the Moms for America revolution. And remember, moms, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. See you next week.